as many of us are currently confined at home in many places of the world, and while we keep in our minds and in our hearts those who have no choice but to be at risk from the ongoing worldwide pandemic because they're doctors, nurses, workers, homeless, incarcerated, or in any other precarious situation, we wanted to provide you with a daily podcast to use this time to reflect and organize. The concept is very simple. Every day, we ask one person the same question. What is for you a moment of true decolonization? The answer can be a historical moment or something they witnessed, something heroic and grandiose or rather discreet and mundane, a durable blow to the structures of colonialism or a short instant of liberation. We thank you very much for listening and wish you and your loved ones the very best wherever you are. Hello everyone, today is the ninth episode of our daily podcast, um, A Moment of True Decolonization. Our guest is uh, Zoe Zamuzzi, uh, who is a writer and a sociology PhD candidate. Um, and I'm very happy to have her on this podcast because we've been meaning to do things together for a little while now and this is the perfect way to do one first thing. <laughs> uh, hello Zoe. Hi. How are you? Doing okay, yeah. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, so I believe you want to tell us about black anarchism today. <laughs> yes, I do. So I think the thing that I, I'm most interested in with black anarchism is the way that it does not preoccupy itself with the idea of citizenship. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend and we were talking about the Haitian revolution and we were talking about how, or he was talking about how the Haitian revolution predates Marx and yet when Marx and um, subsequent um, communist theorists are talking about labor, um, they're talking about labor stoppage, they're talking about whatever, they don't think about the French revolution as... Or, or they don't think about slavery as being um, a labor relation. They don't think about the French Revolution as, I mean, we could think about it as like a general strike. We could think about it as workers refusing to be subjected to these means of labor, withholding their labor and um, throwing off not only the chain, chains of their servitude, but of the kind of demands of French colonization. So what does it mean if we, if the French, or not the French, the Haitian revolution becomes our foundation for thinking about labor? What if um, black people's kind of collective refusal to be enslaved um, is our starting point for thinking about um, the relations of the state, of thinking about mutual aid of thinking about of thinking about anything um why is the haitian revolution not as central to how we theorize politics um as it could be you know was what we were talking about and as we were having the conversation i had just started reading marquise bay's new book anarcho blackness which i won't give too many details of but is this really like you know how when someone is writing as though they're writing inside of your head, it's it's this really phenomenal, like, 
discussion about abolition, this this phenomenal discussion about what it means to think about Black people's relation to their own property or understandings of possession. And, and most importantly, it really emphasizes the thing that William and I talk about in our book when we talk about Blackness as existing outside of the state, as always existing outside of the state. And because Black people understand their existence outside of the state, there's an understanding of this creation of relation that does not involve the state. Um, so, you know, he's talking about this anarcho-blackness, this black anarchism that does not preoccupy itself with citizenship in the same way that kind of white anarchism does because the the primary unit of analysis, because we're not thinking about the slave, because you're not thinking about some person as property, the primary unit of analysis becomes the citizen. And so they're theorizing what does it mean to be a citizen within a state? How do we reject the state? Do we do this mutual thing somewhere else? Do we do this thing by ourselves? But ultimately, how do we think about ourselves as individuals, as people who are presumed to have liberties? Um, whereas black folks are like, cool. So we've gone from being property to existing in this afterlife of slavery um, and so where do we go from here? It is a foregone conclusion that we will ever be assimilable. Um, and so then how do we create life from there? And, and so the thing that has been so remarkable, you know, in this moment with people, all of these mutual aid projects and um, people thinking about anarchism is that, you know, black life as I, as, as I have known it, um, has always been anarchistic, right? It's always been about, you know, taking care of one another's children. It's been about doing things for one another because of this understanding of, of not understanding a self outside of another self um, or the collective selves. It's this idea of um, Ubuntu, an Ubuntu that hasn't been like co-opted by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission or, or all of these other corporations, but an Ubuntu that recognizes like there is no self outside of a collective. Um, and there are so many other expressions of communality, um, communalism um, that are anarchistic, um, but aren't necessarily legible as being anarchistic through the kind of white canon that's foundationalized on kind of relationship to the nation state and citizenship. Um, and the more I read about it, the more I learn about um, practice in, in kind of different African communities, um, the more I learn about Black indigeneity, the more I learn about Maroon communities, the more I realize that there is a whole structure um, of anarchism that that I think that we ought to pay a lot more attention to because of the ways that it takes on hierarchies and the way that it takes on structures of authoritarianism, white supremacy by in, in its practice um, being horizontal, in its practice being so driven by kind of women and like matriarchal, care and relation um 
is a lot more interesting, I think, than anything that like Kropotkin has ever written. Um, so if you're asking me about a moment that I found to be really exciting uh, in thinking about black anarchism, it was the uh, publication of Saidia Hartman's new book, um, Wayward Lives, which um, is really exciting to think about in relationship to scenes of subjection as this kind of, as these foundational texts for black feminist anarchism. So Scenes of Subjection is this incredibly dense but incredibly beautiful text about what it means to live um, and to try to make life in the uh, afterlife of slavery. So thinking about the fact that um, slavery was never abolished, the 13th Amendment creates a loophole for legal enslavement, um, that so many of the conditions of, of, of inequality uh, endure that the wealth that was created from chattel slavery um, still exists and there are so many institutions and individuals who have made all of their money um, from slavery that um, black mobility is kind of stunted um, almost permanently um, by this condition of enslavement and so long as the nation state endures um, the specter of chattel slavery will also continue. Um, and there's something that is like really pessimistic about that idea, obviously, um, that there's like no hope for black people so long as the United States continues to exist. And it's unfortunately true that there is no hope for like full, for, for, for the, attainment of like full human full human status for like full liberation and emancipate like that's it's it's not it's simply not possible but what we see in wayward lives which is like kind of paradoxically a case study in what it means to exist in the afterlife of slavery is that despite the inability to attain full humanity and full rights that black people are still making robust and full lives for themselves and in communities with one another um you know there is this girl who is like just completely refusing to acknowledge the idea of private property and like stealing her neighbors like beautiful things and perfumes and garments you have um black queerness and 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 queer womanhood you have you know, even in the slum that is this place that she describes as being like slated for demolition and, and, and you know, this, this, this ghetto to which black people are, are kind of forced to live, like there are still these ways of being in support of one another, of, of subverting the state, right? Not, not concerning themselves with what it means to like, I've, I've, I've broken a law and as a citizen, I know I must not break laws, but a complete flouting of this idea of legality in order to continue making life, because that's simply what it means to, to sustain black life. It means a recognition that the state is always bearing down on you. And so it is a disregard of of the state. Um, I always find it so funny when I encounter anarchists who are like, anarchy doesn't mean disorder it doesn't mean chaos it is this ordered way of like voluntary relation and participation and I used to be like that and now I'm like no like 
black anarchy is chaos because black life is chaos. Um, black life is surveilled and it is policed and it is destroyed prematurely. And yet black anarchism is this praxis of understanding what it means to sustain that chaos and to sustain one another within that chaos. Um, and it means mutual aid and, and it means, you know, trying to figure out what it means to, to make a world that is safe for black trans women, for, for black children. It means trying to figure out how we can think about justice outside of the carceral system. It means transformative um, justice, even when, even when like, it doesn't seem like an answer is ever achievable and there is no answer. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. There is no prefabricated politic and there is no end. Like black anarchy is abolition and abolition is not something that ever has an end. Like we are continually encountering hierarchies and we are continually encountering violences. And so we are continuing, continually endeavoring to emancipate ourselves from those violences in ways that prioritize autonomy in ways that prioritize mutual aid and mutual considerations. Um, and, and I think that I was having a conversation today on Twitter and someone was like, oh, you know, in China, there were all of these anti-market, what, 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 what? And I was like, yeah, but what about black life in America? Like if anyone is going to offer lessons about what it means to survive a pandemic, about what it means to survive um, martial law to survive um, kind of the most abject and most horrible conditions, um, I think that black people would offer some of the most kind of generative ideas, um, not like solutions and fixes, because unfortunately, um, even with all of these different practices, like black people are still dying um, prematurely of like particular health conditions and, and still being murdered by the police and whatever. Um, but I think that there are some really beautiful, um, instructions historically presently, um, that can be taken from, from black life. So. Great. Thank you very much. Zoe. I, I really enjoy how this little series starts to dialogue with each other because our first episode was with Fanny and Noel about uh, the Haitian proclamation of independence. Uh, and I can also relate to uh, what you were saying about Ubuntu uh, to the conversation uh, I had with uh, Tsepo Mandingozi in Johannesburg uh, uh, a few months ago that I that is available on our, on our podcast as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with, uh, with what's coming and, uh, and take care. Thank you. That's all for today. Find us tomorrow again for a new episode as part of this daily podcast series. And if you're a subscriber to The Phenomenalist, remember that you have access to every single article we published in the past in their online version on our website. Thank you very much and take care.